they already gone too, so I couldn't ask nobody nothing because I'm 90 years old and they long since gone, you know. So it's not nobody around that I can ask anything. Hello, you are listening to NPE Stories. This is a podcast where NPEs can share their story. I am your host, Lily, and I found out I was an NPE through an ancestry DNA test that changed my life forever. NPE is a term that stands for not parent expected or non-paternal event. This means that one or more of our parents are not who we believe them to be. NPE Stories is a podcast where NPEs can share their story of what their original family was like, how they found out they were an NPE, and what their journey has been like since the day they found out. Welcome to episode 146. And today I am speaking with Isola. Hi, Isola. Do you know that you and I share a birthday Oh, really? Your your daughter sent me an adorable picture of you. Uh, it was on October fifteenth, right? And you were you were dressed up just like a queen with a tiara and everything. The seventeenth. Oh, it's the seventeenth. Oh, no, no, okay. My birthday is the seventeenth, but she probably <gasps> sent that the fifteenth because that's when they did the drive-by party. I love it. I love it. Well, we we have close birthdays then, but you were born, was it in the 30s? Yes, October the 17th, 1932. 1932? Yes. Oh, well, well, happy belated birthday, Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. I'm I'm just so blessed to have you today. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to share maybe something I say might help someone else. And we it absolutely will help. And I will just point out that there may be a little bit of background noise. Isola has oxygen running, which is very important. So we we will I'm I'm so glad that you are you are able to share your story today and I will be able to hear you just fine as long as you just stay close to your computer. All right. Isola, how it works on the podcast is normally people share a little bit of their background story and their childhood. And then they go into how they found out they were an NPE. So I'm going to hand it over to you right now. And why don't you tell me a little bit about your family background? All right. As early as I can remember, just me and my mom and my dad. I must have been about four or five years old. And something that particularly sticks out in my mind, my dad was carrying me. We were at a church service, and he was carrying me, and I remember him allowing me to pick mulberries off of a tree. He was just such a wonderful man, just 
absolutely wonderful. And he just treated me like a little baby, I would say. I remember him so much. He had the most beautiful teeth. And it was, like I say, he just was just real lovable. And so was my mom, but she was one that didn't talk very much. I remember that, and I also remember us moving tremendously in my first seven or eight years. It seemed like we was always moving somewhere, and finally, he decided he would move to the big city because we lived in the country all the time when I was small like that. And uh, he left me and my mom and moved to Tennessee so he could get a better job to take care of us. And uh, the first couple of years of me going to school seemed like he was moving so much I wasn't progressing, so I was a couple of grades behind. But anyway, moved to Tennessee and got a better job and sent for us, and we came to Tennessee. I was seven years old when we moved to Tennessee. And he finally got him a real good job in a foundry in Tennessee. But after about six or eight months working there, he started building up a lot of fluid in his body. He would have to go to the hospital. Back then, what Mike Times is now, they would uh, do something they call tapping to draw the fluid off, and he'd come home and go back to work. When I was eight, I remember him going to the hospital and he was in there for about two weeks. And he came out. And he said there wasn't anything else they could do for him. And he was so swollen until he had just took his shoelace and tied it across the top part of his shoes and his pants. He couldn't fasten them. And in 1940, in June. I remember him being up all night long. He was really a praying man and I can remember him always mentioning, talking to the Lord about me and my mom. Anyway, he got sick one night and he stayed up all night and he was out on the back porch of the house that we was living in. And finally they called the ambulance for him. Let me back up. We were living with some people. He had rented a room and used up the kitchen. That's where we were living. And the people called there called the ambulance for him. And I remember when they put him on the gurney that they brought in, they told him to lay down. He'd sit down on it, and they told him he needed to get up on it and lay down. So one of the gentlemen took his feet and put him up on the gurney. And the other one told him to lay down, and he said, I can't lay down. 
So this man just took him by the shoulders and laid him down. And I remember my mom telling me that he had died. He died on the way to the hospital. It's 1940. I was eight years old. It was in June. As a matter of fact, it was June the 9th. And about two days after he had died, I asked to see him. And they told me I couldn't see him. I didn't know what they'd done with him. You know, I'm still a child. And I'm sorry. I'm wondering where he is. They're telling me he's not coming back. After they wouldn't let me see my dad, and I was crying, and my mom said to me, he's not your dad. Well, that was a good blow. That was a good blow. I'm sorry. She said, somebody else was my daddy. He was named Walter Woods. I said, well, where is he? And she said, well, he's married and got a family. Well, that was another good blow. After a month, my uncle sent for us, me and my mom, he sent his wife to get us and took, took us back to Alabama. After being in Alabama, I guess about two or three weeks, my mom, she had no education. Her mom had died when she was really young. And so she was just from pillar to post, as they say, from one place to the other. She had left to go with her friends to a function. And she met another man. And so she came back to my uncle's house and got me. We went to live with him. It seemed like death didn't bother my mom. Just, who well, else always my dad? When he died, it just didn't bother her. When I look back over, the situation. She met this man. We moved in with him. And of course, he decided he was going to make me call him dad. So I'm nine years old now. When I'm 10, now she told me somebody else was my dad. When I'm 10, where we live with this man, it was always gambling and stuff like that, which would be a whole lot of men that are gambling and whatever. And this particular man, I'd never seen him before. He came. And I never will forget that I was combing my mother's hair. And he came in the kitchen where we was. And he said, Gal, I'm your daddy. And I said, no, you're not. He said, yes, I am. He said, Fanny, why you didn't tell her? He said, I guess she didn't tell you because we are cousins, but 
I'm your daddy. You look just like my sister. Well, there was another good brother. So by now, I'm wondering, well, who is my daddy, you know? So, here I am living. I don't know who daddy is. But in my mind, my daddy died. The rest of these other two men, one I've never seen, one comes and says he's my dad. Don't mean a thing to me. My dad died. Now, as I say, I was about 11 years. I lived all this life. My mom lived with me. I never asked her anything else about her. My dad, as a matter of fact, she lived with me and my husband for 36 years, but I never asked nothing else about my dad because I just decided my dad died. She lived with me until she passed. I just never thought nothing else about a dad. I had married when I was 15. I'm the mother of six children. The Lord allowed me and my husband to raise five of them full grown graduates from high school and everything went on their ways. I just didn't worry about a dad. I got saved. I said, now I got a heavenly father, so that's that's good life right there. Mm. So you never found out which of those two men were your father? No, ma'am. Neither one of them. Neither one of them. Oh. All the years passed. I, like I say, I just just said, okay, Sandy Smithers was my dad. He died. That's right. Yeah. Honey, in 2001, my husband died. And so I lived by myself until 2016. Karen and her husband lived in in uh, Kentucky, and I was talking with her, and I she spoke about moving to Atlanta. I have a daughter that's been here forty years. Her and her family. So I said, "Well, if you do come by and get me, because." Like I say, my mom's gone, my husband's gone. I have a son and a daughter that's gone, which I'm left with two girls and two boys. Men and women, brother. <laughs> so Karen decided to move to Atlanta, and I, she came through, packed me up. And Karen is your daughter. Karen is my daughter, yes. Yeah, she's yep. my baby girl. I have my firstborn is a son, next is a girl, next was a boy, next was a girl, and that girl passed as a baby. Then Karen came, and I have my 
experience as a son. So I had raised three boys and two girls. We did. Uh, she decided to come through and pack me up and we moved here. And Karen is a historian as far as life with people and all, because I tease her all the time about digging up dead people. But anyway, she kept on at me to do the DNA test. And finally I agreed and went on and done the DNA test. And she had a such angel that helped her everything. And finally they come up with a man's name. Lee Jefferson, the Jefferson Lee Taylor, Lee Jefferson Taylor, whatever, is supposed to be my dad. And she was asking me how I felt after I got to know. I have nothing other than the DNA. I, nobody seems to have a picture. Karen found out that he worked as a blind man. She found out he married, and the lady he married had children, and all of this. I've met some of the family members on the phone, and she was asking me how I really felt. To be honest, Sandy Smithers was my dad, and he died. I have nothing other than just the DNA and talking to one of this man's cousins. I, I, I can't even explain. I really don't feel anything if you want to know the truth. I understand. Do you think this Lee Jefferson Taylor may have been that man that walked in and on you and your mom and told you he was your daddy? Oh, no, no, no. No, um, okay. The one that walked in, he was a Leslie, and he lived uh, down there. This man, Lee Taylor, is supposed to be a preacher. I, it's not, I just have nothing but the DNA for a connection as far as I'm concerned. If, if somebody could show me a picture or something and tell me something else about him other than what Karen had been able to find. Because she tried calling down there where he was supposed to work and everything. But we can't get enough on him. But like yeah. I said, honey, as far as I'm concerned, my dad died. She yeah. did find out that him and my mom got married in December 1932. So, see, he married her right after I was born. And so, as far as her dad, because the man she moved in with and finally married, he was not a dad. He was not a dad because he raped me. So, oh. I had to go through that. And oh no! I carried that 
all those years in my marriage until 1986 that I finally got some relief from that. Because of what he done to me, every time my husband touched me, I feel like I was being raped again. Oh, no. And oh, that's terrible. It makes you feel like it's your fault and maybe something you done. So I carried that all those years. And that was that was your stepdad? Yes. That oh, that's terrible. I'm so sorry. But the other man that walked in and said he was my dad. They were cousins. And she evidently had lived in their house some of the time. Because like I said, her mom died when she was real young, so she was just like a wanderer. And, uh, and, and I understand that because even the years when Sally was alive and we stayed in Alabama, sometimes she would just get up and say we was going and we would just go and walk for miles to go to her sister's house and maybe we'd stay a day or two and then we'd walk back home, you know. So it wasn't anything new about her being a wanderer. Yes, ma'am. How how old was your mother when she had you? She was 30, I believe it was. was no, she wasn't. She was 27. She was okay. 27. And, oh, I, I failed to mention another blow. She had two kids before me. Really? And so one day I was asking her about that. She said she had a daughter first, and she named her Eva. And then she had a son afterwards, and she named him Jesse. And she was supposed to have been naming him after her dad, who she thought was her dad. And of course, with the DNA and all, we found out he wasn't her dad. Somebody else was her dad. So <laughs> it's it's like a maze, a triangle, or whatever, you know. Yeah. And I know I'm. <laughs> you'll just have to put this together because I just have to tell you as it comes to mind. Oh, you're doing a wonderful job. Whatever happened to those? two other children born before you? She told me that they died. When I was 13, I was with a young lady that was supposed to have been a family member. And I remember this girl saying to her, she called her Amy, she said, oh, what about them babies? And I remember my mom saying, girl, shut your mouth and go on. Because back then when I came along, <clears throat> they had a saying, you don't meddle in grown folks' business, you know. And so yeah. they told you what they wanted to tell you. And if they were 
properly in talking about something they didn't want you to know that you had to go somewhere and play or mind your own business. And so I wondered, but I didn't ask any more questions. So we even with the DNA been kind of looking to see maybe if they might show up because when my husband died in 2001, some family members was from Alabama for the film and told my girls that my mother gave them away. My birth certificate proved it was two living children when I was born. So I'm wondering if I a sister or brother somewhere, and they might have family, but they haven't showed up. Wow. So they, or their family members, if they're alive, if they lived, uh, it appears they haven't taken a DNA test. Right. Yeah. That is so confusing. Honey, it's been one blow after another. And how I've weathered the storm, I don't know. I, I guess just accept things as they was and moved on, you know? Hmm. When you met some of the family members of Lee Taylor, mm-hmm. who it, I guess would be considered your biological father um, through the DNA, through the search angels... Have you, does it feel like there's any family resemblance? Well, see, I haven't met them face to face. I've met them on the phone. Yeah. You know, one in. Yeah. In talking with her, I'm comfortable. Let me say that. I'm comfortable talking with her. It's as if I'd been knowing her, you know, all the time. But. That can be so with almost anybody if you talk to them enough, you know. Yeah. So, w- yeah, when when you haven't seen any pictures, it's just so hard to to imagine. Yeah, yeah. If 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 we could if we could find him, just. Maybe something else other than what we have might would be even even better. I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe I've just settled in my mind, like I said, Sammy Slivers was my dad and that's just it in a nutshell and nothing else really matters, you know? Absolutely. I I speak with so many NPEs that feel that their true daddy, their you know, was the one that raised them, and that that's where their love is. and And I completely understand that was your bond, and that's who you feel is your dad. Right, absolutely. He was just really wonderful. I could when I when he sent for us to move to Chattanooga, Tennessee. I saw him from a distance. And I said, Mom, here come Dad. 
it was just something about him and he was so loving and so caring. I'm not saying if Lee Jefferson, if I'd have known him, he might have been even more so, you know. I don't know. I only know what I had at the present, and that was when I was young, and how I wished over and over again, I did as a child wish over and over again, that he hadn't lived long. He had a bad heart. Oh. oh, I'm so sorry you lost him. That's a terrible loss. Mm-hmm. Now today, I know you have Karen, your daughter, who has been in touch with me and said that you were willing to share your MPE story. Are are you are you living with her and are you considering doing any more search with your family or where where do you feel you're at today with your story? Well, I I don't know. I every once in a while I talk with Karen and something will come to mind that you know she'll start searching again. Trying to, trying to find more about him, and we're kind of limited on that side because on Lee Jefferson's side, because she had reached out to some of the other family members and nothing from them. And I can understand sometimes people just don't want to talk about nothing and sometimes people don't want no more new cousins you know <laughs> yes I do <laughs> I'm okay with it because I'm a lover of people I'm a real lover of, of people and so I would like to know if you know more of them would come forward on my mother's side I have met a cousin that I had no earthly idea was a cousin because I went to school with her mother and her mother passed in July, and I didn't find out until around October or November. But it was a relative on my mother's side. Mm. But I would really like to know more of uh, Lee Jefferson's family. Karen had talked to a young man that said his father or his grandfather knew and so she asked him to if he mind sharing the number a phone number so I could talk to his grandfather but he never would give it up and so Karen looked the man up as a matter of fact she looked him up the night before last I think it was I was telling her to try the number and see if she, you know, if she could get him on the phone, I'd talk with him. Yeah. Because if he'd known him, he could tell me some things about him. I wouldn't mind knowing some things about him, but if, if it's not going to happen, it's just not going to happen. Mm. When did he pass? When did Lee Jefferson Taylor pass? 1967. Oh, boy. 1967. 
Yeah. And the cousin that I talked to, her grandmother was Lee's uh, sister. So her mother died, I think she said about eight years ago. We'll see if I had known then, maybe I could have talked to her mother and she might have could have told me something. And the thing about it is, even like with my mother, my mother died in 93. And anybody that would have came along with her, they already gone too, so I couldn't ask nobody nothing. Because I'm 90 years old and they long since gone, you know. So, <laughs> yeah. It's not nobody around that I can ask anything. So I just go with the DNA and whatever few people pop up that will talk to us is okay. Right. Well, Isola, if people wanted to get in touch with you, are you okay with them reaching out to you? Yes. Yes. And and would the best way would be for them to email your daughter, Karen, and she will, she acts, um, she goes between you and dealing with the technology and the email. Is that okay? Yes, ma'am. Wonderful. I will put in Karen's email into the show description. Every so often we get NPEs that want to reach out to other NPEs they hear on the podcast. Okay. And so I will direct them to Karen's email. Yes, ma'am. Isola, you have uh, an amazing story. Um, being born in 1932, everything you've been through with your daddy and finding all of this out and the trauma you've been through your entire life. Uh, I really appreciate you being willing to share this on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to share. Maybe maybe I said something to help somebody and if not and somebody contact me, I pray that I will have something to share with them that will help them along the way because you never know who's going through what. These stories are here for us to identify with. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, email npestories at gmail.com. You do not have to give any identifying information. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, I'd like to hear from you. Subscribe to this podcast to hear more. Come heal with us.